Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we're going to be previewing this week's stop on the PGA Tour, the CJ Cup in South Carolina. Uh, the rest of your week on here, we got multiple different sports coming your way. We're going to be previewing college football tomorrow. Going to be previewing NFL on Thursday. And then most likely it's going to be college football again on Friday. However, this week, in fact tonight, is the start of the NBA season. And so we're going to try to figure out how we can kind of weave the NBA into this podcast schedule as well because there's a lot of money to be made in terms of NBA player picks, daily fantasy, season long. So NBA fantasy, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to be trying to figure out a way I can weave that into the podcast. But for now, if you wish to use any of my full lineups in DFS, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're really interested in the golf lineups, and the golf lineups have been really, really good lately. They've been running really good. I've had 12 straight or two straight weeks of no missed cuts, good finishes, cashes in tournaments. It's been a good run on golf, and I'm hoping we can keep it going this week at the CJ Cup. So again, if you want those lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And lastly, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please rate and subscribe. It helps me out a lot. helps me grow that listener base that I'm trying to do. And it also just gets the word out to everybody that this is a good spot to get your advice from. All right. So without further ado, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor. And then let's get started talking about the CJ Cup. The CJ Cup is taking place at Congaree Golf Club, which is located in the lowlands of South Carolina. Now, this is a very interesting course, more on the layout here in a second, but one thing you need to know about Congaree is that there's only been one professional event played there, and it was in the summer of 2021. It was the Palmetto Championship. Uh, that event was what used to be the RBC Canadian Open, but you know for the COVID schedule, they didn't want everybody going to Canada, so they made the Palmetto Championship just a one-off event in South Carolina, and it was the week before the U.S. Open, so it wasn't exactly the strongest field that showed up. So that event was won by Garrick Higo of South Africa. Um, Garrick Higo, you know, kind of a bomber. He's a lefty, um, very young guy. And honestly, he hasn't done a whole lot on the PGA Tour since that win. I remember, though, I remember watching this tournament because I had Garrick Higo in a one and done and nobody knew of him. And, you know, I kind of looked like the genius for a week by picking Garrick Higo. So that was fun. But bottom line is that there's not a whole lot of golfers in this event. This is a very strong field. There's not a whole lot of golfers in this event that played in that Palmetto Championship in 2021. So we don't have a lot of history to go off of. If you're looking at past CJ Cup history, the CJ Cup's been hosted at five different courses. You know, it was originally partnered in South Korea, so they played it at two South Korea courses. And then it was played at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. And then last year, the Summit Club in Las Vegas. So CJ Cup, don't look at that event history when you're looking at picking guys this week because it's not the same courses year in, year out. The CJ Cup is a 78-player, no-cut event, much like how the Zozo Championship is partnered with Japan to bring some Japanese golfers onto the tour. The CJ Cup is partnered with South Korea, so there's going to be some extra South Korean professional golfers that are in the field this week. Um, you know, Obviously, it's a no-cut event, so those guys might be intriguing to play, might not be, but they're going to be very low-priced and very low-owned. Um, now let's talk about the course itself. So Congaree is a par 71 and it is over 7,400 yards. That's a long golf course. All right. And it also plays very firm and fast. Basically, there is no rough at Congaree. 
I mean, there is rough, but there's not a whole lot of rough. Basically, if you miss the fairway, you're going to be in what they call a sandy area. So it's not exactly like a bunker, but it's, you know, sand on the ground. It might be hard pan. It might be soft like a bunker. You don't really know until you get up there and assess the lie. But the bottom line is if you miss the fairway, you're going to be playing from sand. The closest comparison that I can think of to Congaree would be Kiowa Island which is also located in the lowlands of South Carolina, except the only thing is Kiowa is about 7,800 yards. It's extremely long, and it's much more difficult in terms of the greens and you know the shots off the tee. Kiowa is very difficult, and Kiowa is also more narrow. Like I mentioned this place that you don't want to miss the fairway to end up in that sandy area, but the fairways are pretty large. So if you're a fairly accurate golfer, you should be playing from the fairway, and you shouldn't have to worry about those sandy areas a whole lot. Now, in terms of other comparisons, I think that you can compare it to some desert golf courses as well. Maybe like a TPC Summerlin, maybe like a TPC Scottsdale, maybe you know Royal Melbourne in Australia or some Australian Outback courses. Um, just because of the fact that if you miss big, you're not going to be in the woods looking for a ball. You're going to find your ball. It's just going to be in some sandy, you know, rough area that. You know, it's going to be terrible to hit from, but you're going to be able to find it. You're not going to be redropping from the tee. So I think that, you know, Keogh Island and Desert Golf, if you've got guys that are good at those two combinations, that means that you're they're probably going to be pretty good at Congaree. I also think that, you know, I mentioned that it's going to play very firm and fast. I think that guys that have, you know, an elite level short game, some short game creativity, some short game magic, those guys are going to do well as well because if you miss the green, you know, you're going to have to get creative. Like, it's not just going to be like a, a parkland course where you can just chip it on and roll it out. Like, you're going to have to be creative with the shots you play and just how you get the ball close to that hole. So because of that, I think that's one of the pathways to win is by having that elite short game and being able to avoid making bogeys. I think the other path to win is just to be an elite ball striker. Hit fairways, hit greens, give yourselves multiple opportunities to make birdie putts. And I think that's the other path the victory. Like I just, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to be long at this course, but I do think that you have to put yourself in the fairway, put yourself on greens. And if you're not on greens, have the ability to recover and still make par. All right. So that does it for the course. So when it comes to talking about the golfers, I'm going to do it a little bit differently this week than I have in weeks past. So I'm going to talk about the top five golfers on the board um, and talk about which one of those I want to start my lineups with. And then I'm going to talk about 10 golfers who are value plays. So you're only going to hear me talk about 15 total golfers. I'm not going to try to be a volume shooter. I'm going to try to be efficient, and I'm going to try to give you 15 golfers that you can put into your DFS lineups that you can make outright bets on that are going to be good picks for this week. So uh, let's take a quick break and then start talking about the top of the board. The highest priced golfer on both FanDuel and DraftKings this week is Rory McIlroy, and I absolutely get it. I believe right now that Rory McIlroy is the best golfer on the planet. You know, he's coming off his win at the Tour Championship. He's got multiple top 10s on the DP World Tour since then. He's just a top 10 machine. He's going to contend at every tournament he plays at, and he's got the game that kind of can fit Congaree. So Rory McIlroy, we talk about him a lot on here. He is an elite off-the-tee player. He's one of the best drivers of golf ball in the world in terms of distance and accuracy, and I think that's going to benefit him this week because it's going to allow him to get closer to the hole and stay in the fairway more so than the average, and that's going to allow him to get better looks into greens and 
let him get closer to the pin, and then maybe roll in some birdie putts. I think if Roy McIlroy were to lose this week, it would be because he doesn't make enough putts. But I think that the ball striking is there, and you know his game is obviously in a great spot right now. Now, let me give you some bonuses on why I think Rory fits. So Rory won the CJ Cup last year. So he's got you know that little bit of defending champ swag when he shows up to this tournament. That was also at a desert golf course last year, the Summit Club. He also won at Kiowa Island in 2012. Kiowa Island is, you know, what I said was the closest comparison to Congaree. So I think when you look at where his game's at and, you know, how he's done at similar courses, I think Roy McElroy is the absolute top play this week. He's going to be popular, yes, but I think he's worth it. Like, I think he's worth the price tag. I think he's worth the ownership because I think he is the best golfer on the planet, and I'd be willing to bet a large sum of money that he finishes in the top 10 this week. Second on the board is John Rahm. So John Rahm is kind of like in a weird spot because his off the tee game is, you know, I mentioned how Rory's is really good. John Rahm's might be even better because he's a little more accurate off the tee, but his short game and his putting have been killing him recently. Like he had one of the best off the tee seasons on the PGA Tour last year for, you know, in the PGA Tour history, and he cashed it in for one win at the Mexico Open. Like he hasn't, won, he didn't win a major. He didn't really contend at a major. So he's kind of just in a spot where he's got to find the rest of his game. He's got to find the short game in the putting. Uh, however, I do think that the firm and fast golf courses benefit him. He runs a very low ball flight with all of his clubs. And so that means that he's going to get a lot of run out. He's going to get a lot of, um, you know, added distance because of the firmness and the fastness of the course. Um, and I do think the one other bright spot for John Rahm is when, you know, the PGA Championship was at Kiowa Island last year in 2021. It was won by Phil Mickelson. He was T8 very quietly at that PGA Championship. So, you know, he performed well at a comp course. His off the tee game is there. The question is, can he have the short game and the putting ability to win on the PGA Tour again? Third on the board is Scotty Scheffler. And look, Scotty's just been fine recently. I mean, he hasn't really won in a, in a while, it feels like. You know, it's been a while since that Masters win. But he's just been kind of solid. He's got a very well-rounded game. There's not one aspect of it that, you know, he bleeds strokes or one aspect of it that he gains a lot of strokes. He's just a solid, well-rounded golfer. And he also plays well at courses that play firm and fast. You know, he got the win at TPC Scottsdale. You know, he won the match play at the Country Club of Austin. And then he won the Masters. That's the definition of firm and fast right there. So I think that, you know, with how well-rounded his game is, and how he performs well at firm and fast golf courses. I think it makes sense to play him. I think he's going to be very low owned, but I don't know. I just don't think he has the same winning upside as some of the other guys in this range. Justin Thomas is fourth on the board, and Justin Thomas has won the CJ Cup before. Now, another thing that's interesting when you look at Justin Thomas is he is the undisputed king of the fall and the king of the no-cut events. So, you know, every year on the PGA Tour, we go through this little stretch in the fall where there's these no-cut events at, you know, kind of exotic courses. And, you know, it's fall. It's, you know, a little bit different weather, a little bit different environments. And Justin Thomas has been the king of those. You know, he's won these tournaments. He's performed really well in these tournaments. And so, you know, if the trend continues, it reason to believe that he's going to perform pretty well right here. Um, now, another thing, you know, everything we talk about with Congaree, we talked about how elite ball strikers 
can perform well. Well, he's the definition of elite ball striker. Like he is going to find fairways. He is going to find greens. It with Justin Thomas, it's always been the short game and the putting that's the question mark. So he's like, you know, him and John Rahm are in a similar spot where John Rahm's like the power guy and Justin Thomas is like the accuracy guy. You know, their their ball striking is going to be great. It's can they get up and down? Can they make putts to give themselves a chance at winning? Matt Fitzpatrick is fifth on the board. And I got to say, I really like Matt Fitzpatrick this week. I think if I'm not going with Rory, I think I'm probably going to start my lineups with Matt Fitzpatrick. I think he fits the mold for, you know, just that ball striker, the accuracy that you're going to need if you want to win this week. He's a very accurate golfer. He's also added distance off the tee in the past year. It was kind of surprising how well he did off the tee. Um, And also... He's got a little bit of course history. You know, he played in that Palmetto Championship in 2021, and he finished T10, which is, you know, a pretty good finish. If he finishes T10 here, you know, that's not exactly going to pay off his salary, but you're not going to be super disappointed with a guy who is, um, you know, fifth on the board and comes in 10th place. That's not going to be disappointing. So I really like Matt Fitzpatrick this week. I think between the top five, I'm probably going to either start my lineups with Rory or start my lineups with Matt Fitzpatrick. I think if you wanted to make a low ownership play, I think Scotty Scheffler is the move. Um, but I think that John Rahm and Justin Thomas are both going to be pretty highly owned, and I just don't know about either of their two around the green and short game and putting play. All right, so that covers it for the top of the board. Now let's talk about some values. All right, so this segment, we have got 10 value plays for you. And the classification for value play is that all these guys are under $9,000 salary on DraftKings. All right. So in FanDuel, there's a little bit of fluctuation, especially with the first two guys I'm going to mention. But these are all guys that are under 9K on DraftKings. So, you know, they can kind of help you save a little bit of salary. Um, most of them are below the average salary number. Some of them are right around it. But these are guys that are not at the top of the board that I really like heading into this week. And I've got 10 of them. First is going to be Tom Kim. Look, how can you not love Tom Kim? Like, we've been on the Tom Kim train on this podcast for a while. We're going to stay on it. And I think that he's got the type of game that allows him to win anywhere. He is really, really accurate off the tee. He is really accurate with his irons. And he's really good at putting. Like, you know, that's going to allow you to win anywhere. If you're hitting fairways, hitting greens, hitting putts, like, what's not to love? Now, the accuracy bonus this week, I think is very important because it means that he won't have to deal with a lot of those hazards, a lot of the sandy areas that a lot of other people are dealing with. He's going to keep himself clean. He's going to keep himself in the fairway. Now, another thing that I think he also has going for him is that he just recently, two weeks ago, won at a desert golf course, TPC Summerlin at the Shiner's Children's Open. So I just don't know what else more there is to not like about Tom Kim. Like, I just think he's in a perfect spot. He's got a game that I really like. And I just think that, you know, full go on Tom Kim this week, especially at his price tag of $8,900 on DraftKings. Second is going to be Jordan Spieth. So Jordan Spieth, we talked about how, you know, guys who have an elite short game can win here at Congaree. In, you know, if we're talking short game, Jordan Spieth's at the top of the list. He's Mr. Short Game Magic. He's very creative. He's very good at finding ways to get close to pins when nobody in the world can do that. And he also won, you know, kind of in a similar environment. He won at Harbortown, which is in Charleston, South Carolina, not too far from Congaree. I'm sorry, not Charleston. It is in Hilton Head Island. I've been to Hilton Head Island. Why did I not mention that? So, 
you know, he's won at Harbortown, which is another South Carolina course. They're much different environments. You know, Harbortown is very narrow, very tree-lined. But if you can win there, I think you can also win at Congaree. And, you know, Spieth has also won twice at the Australian Open, which are both desert courses. So I think that when you look at comp courses, he fits pretty well. And then, you know, recent form, we don't really have any tournaments to go off of for Spieth, but he was the guy at the President's Cup. He went 5-0-0, perfect record. He beat everybody he played against. And, you know, I know we don't really have a way to quantify that in terms of strokes gained or, you know, scores to par even. But if you go 5-0-0 at the President's Cup, you're playing some pretty good golf. So I think that Jordan Spieth is definitely a guy that you can go to this week. I think he fits the mold for a guy that can win. And I think that his recent form is better than it shows because of that President's Cup victory. Next up is Tyrrell Hatton. So Tyrrell Hatton, here is the big nugget when it comes to Tyrrell Hatton. He was T2 at the Palmetto Championship in 2021, the one won by Gary Kago, tied for second place. And in that tie for second place, he lost two strokes putting. So if he was just an average putter that week, he wins the Palmetto Championship. We're talking about Tyrrell Hatton coming in as you know the one champion at this course. So I think that it makes a lot of sense to go to Tyrrell because of that familiarity with the course. And when Tyrrell Hatton is playing well, he fits the mold for a ball striker. You know, he can kind of spray it off the tee a little bit, but when he's playing well, he keeps it in the fairway, he keeps it accurate, and he hits greens. So I think that Tyrrell Hatton, with the course history, with his profile, I think that he is a very good pick this week. Next guy I'm going to talk about is Taylor Montgomery. So Taylor Montgomery is a recent grad of the Corn Ferry Tour. And, you know, he's kind of looking to prove this year that he has the chops to fit on the PGA Tour and he has the ability to win on the PGA Tour. So in the new season, since he got his tour card, he has finished no worse than 15th. Like, obviously, this is going to be the toughest field he's played in, but it's a no-cut event. You know, we know he's got the skill level. And look, you know, I can get behind a guy who hasn't finished worse than 15th in a month. Like, I just I just think it's a really good pick. I think the skill level's there. I think that as the season goes by, more and more people are going to be on him. So why not get him now when he's going to be lower owned and lower price tag? Next up is Sahith Thagawa. So, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I like Sahith. I really, you know, like the way he carries himself. I like his game. He's a super field golfer, like just... When he goes out, it's going to be really good or really bad, just depending on the rhythm and, you know, kind of how he's going that day. Um, So, you know, if he's going to be really good or really bad, why not try him out in a no-cut event? Because you're guaranteed to get 72 holes from him, even if it goes really bad. Like, you you know, Sahith, I just, I really like that aspect of him. You know, if you're going to go boom or bust, why not go with a guy that can go boom or bust? And also, recent form, he's coming off of a T5 at the Zozo. So, We know that he has the ability to contend in tough field events because he did it at TPC Scottsdale. He did it at the Travelers. So if he can contend in tough field events, and we know that he can be boom or bust, so we know we're going to get 72 holes out of him, why not give Sahith the run this week? Next up is Emiliano Grillo. So Emiliano Grillo has been really good so far this season. He's played in four events. Three of those are top 25s. Two of those are top fives. His game is in the best spot it's ever been. You know, he's always been one of those guys that kind of is in the Justin Thomas mold of, obviously he's not as good as Justin Thomas, but he's in that mold of a really good ball striker, really accurate, but could never make a putt or make a chip within five feet to save his life. And guess what? Right now he is doing those two things. He's putting and chipping the ball very well. So if that profile continues where his ball striking stays where it has been, 
and his putting and chipping is improving where it has been recently, I think it makes sense to go to him because I think you're going to see more really good finishes. He's covering up his one weakness, and that was the weakness that prevented him from winning on the PGA Tour more than he has. So I think Emiliano Grillo is a very sensible pick this week. Next up is Maverick McNeely. So Maverick McNeely is coming off of back-to-back top 10s, so we love the recent form coming in. Now, when we talk about Maverick McNeely, he excels at small green courses where he can hit greens and he can make putts because that is where his advantage is. His advantage is his accuracy and his putting. Well, guess what? At Congaree, if you're accurate, you're going to avoid the sandy areas. If you're accurate, you're going to hit greens. And if you can putt, you're going to make birdies. So good recent form, good profile, all in on Maverick McNeely this week. Next on the list is Andrew Putnam. So Andrew Putnam is coming off of the close call at the Zozo Championship. Uh, You know, he finished T2 there and really, you know, he tied for the lead on Sunday late. Well, I guess early because it was in the morning, but it was late in the round. Anyway, he was tied for the lead after like 16 or 17 holes at the Zozo. So, you know, he's coming off of that close call. And, you know, looking at his finishes in the new season so far, we got a 12th, a 30th, and a 43rd. So, you know, why not continue to ride that recent form, especially at a no-cut event? So another thing with Andrew Putnam is I think he kind of fits the Tom Kim profile, much how Emiliano Grillo fits the Justin Thomas profile. Andrew Putnam fits the Tom Kim profile. He's very accurate, and he is a very good putter. You know, why not let those two things play in your favor a little bit? So I think Andrew Putnam, I'm definitely willing to go back to him this week. I've had him in my lineup two weeks in a row, and I'm willing to go back to him for a third time in a row until that price tag starts getting adjusted for where he's currently playing. Okay, I got two more. The second to last one is going to be Keith Mitchell. So Keith Mitchell is very interesting case study on the PGA Tour because Whenever Rory McIlroy plays well, and you know, whenever Rory has courses that he plays well at, Keith Mitchell usually plays well at them too. He's like Rory Jr., much how I mentioned how Putnam is Tom Kim Jr. and Grillo is Justin Thomas Jr. Keith Mitchell is Rory Jr. He plays well at all the Rory courses. You know, that includes Quail Hollow, that includes a lot of, you know, major championship venues that are one-offs, but you know, I kind of like that. You know, I, I like Rory this week, so I wouldn't I like Keith Mitchell. Now, another thing is that Keith Mitchell lives in Sea Island, Georgia. So that is, you know, in the lowlands of Georgia. So it's not exactly Congaree, you know, it's not South Carolina. But, you know, if he's playing at a lot of courses around there, he's playing at a lot of these courses that have the sandy areas, you know, that, you know, give themselves a lot of water, a lot of danger. And so I hope that that track record is going to kind of fit playing at Congaree. And so I think Keith Mitchell, you know, with the with the baby Rory profile, I think that, with, you know, and with the local ties, I think that that fits really well this week. And I'm definitely okay with going to Keith Mitchell in our lineups. Last one that I'm going to mention is Sung Kion Kim. I hope I'm saying that right. DraftKings has him listed as CE.Kim, even though I think most places refer to him as SH Kim. But we're talking about the Kim that is not Siwoo, all right? So Sung Hyung Kim, he's finished recently 4th at the Shriners and 13th at the Sanderson. Those are two really good finishes. Now, another thing to note is that if you look at his game log, he's going to have like a 136 from the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. He withdrew after three rounds, and he was playing really well. Like, he was in contention. So I don't know why he withdrew, but bottom line is that 136 is not really a 136th place finish. Like, don't get that twisted. So to me, personally, 
looking at his game log and looking at his profile of the fact that you know he's gaining a lot of strokes to the field in his in his recent events looking at his game log and looking at those strokes gain numbers he's worth more than his price tag on DraftKings and so I'm absolutely willing to go to SH Kim Sung Young Kim however you want to call him I'm definitely willing to go to him this week in my lineups now, I do want to give a shout-out to three honorable mentions. I'm not going to do a full profile, but these are also guys that I would be willing to play, and they are Tom Hoagie, Tommy Fleetwood, and Taylor Moore. All right, so that covers it for the values. Uh, we're going to do a quick one-and-done selection and a pick to win, and then we're going to wrap it up for the day. My one-and-done selection for this week is going to be Matt Fitzpatrick. So... I really like the course familiarity with the fact that he was T10 at the Palmetto in 2021. And I like the fact that he's very well-rounded and very accurate. I just think that he's going to put himself in position to not lose this golf tournament. Even if he doesn't win it, I don't think he's going to give us a very volatile, you know, poor finish out of Matt Fitzpatrick this week. Now, another thing that I really like about playing Matt Fitzpatrick is there's not going to be too many opportunities where we look at a tournament and Matt Fitzpatrick is the absolute favorite. You know, depending on sports books you're looking at this week, he's either the fifth or sixth favorite. And that's kind of the norm for where he's at. So if you're going to play Matt Fitzpatrick, you're going to end up playing him at one of these type events anyway. And so I kind of like going to him this week. He's going to be my one and done pick for the week. And last time I checked, we're not going back to the country club this year. You know, he's won the last two times any major tournament has been at the country club with the USAM and the US Open. So you're not going to get Matt Fitzpatrick at the country club this year. So there's nothing to save him for. So just go ahead, and I'm playing him this week. I really like Matt Fitzpatrick as my one-and-done selection. Now pick to win the tournament. Yes, this is going to be chalky, but look, the PGA Tour has been very chalky lately. A lot of the favorites or guys that are close to the favorites have won. And my pick to win this week is going to be Rory McIlroy. You know, he's got that defending champ swag, you know, because he won the last CG, CG, uh, CJ Cup. There we go. And... You know, he's just, he's Rory. Like, he's a great golfer. He's the best golfer in the world right now. And if I'm willing to bet money on anybody to win a golf tournament, it's going to be Rory McIlroy. All right, so he is my pick to win for this week. All right, so that covers it with the CJ Cup preview. If you want my full DFS lineups for the CJ Cup, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you are interested in all of the fantasy football coverage, college and pro, make sure you stay tuned to the podcast episodes that are coming out later this week. We got college tomorrow, NFL on Thursday, and then we'll see what happens Friday. I don't know exactly what the plan is for Friday yet, but hopefully you enjoyed this golf coverage. Hopefully it will help you build some DFS lineups, help you make your one and done selection or help you pick an outright winner. But hopefully these are good picks for this week. I think, you know, we've done a pretty good job recently. So I think that trend is going to continue this week. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.